Uh, welcome to January of 2016. If you're here and heard that, you made it. And uh, this is really weak this morning. It's like one woohoo. Was that you, Pete? Like, woohoo. Anyway, it is believed that the month of January uh, was named after the Roman god Janus. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and this god was the god of beginnings and the god of transitions. And, and this god was depicted by one head with two faces. One face obviously looking like to the left and one face looking to the right. But what they said was this, this god, the one face looked to the past year with regrets and the other face looked to the upcoming year with hope. It's funny because for January, many of us find ourselves kind of in that position, right? It's, it's this time of, of, of newness, of freshness. We get excited whether you make New Year's resolutions or not. I think most of us enter a new year as a new season with fresh hopes and, and maybe dreams and, and thoughts of, of what this year might hold for us. How many of you guys have those? Right, hopes or thoughts or even resolutions. Like two of you, that's really great. The rest of you are depressed and have no hope. And we'll preach a different sermon on that one. But I think most of us have like some kind of thought or hope or, or, or idea of what this year holds. And, and we like to call a lot of them resolutions. But I think uh, if I'm just going to speak candidly this morning, that I feel like the word resolutions for them is probably a little bit strong because most of our resolutions... Uh, or the word resolution suggests being resolved, and, and most of our resolutions don't last past February. I'm not sure how much resolve is found in resolutions that don't last that long. Um, I think maybe a, a better name for them is in January, I'm going to come up with a half-hearted commitment for, for this year. At least that's just me. Maybe yours are successful, but uh, a lot of ours, right? Our resolutions, what happens to them, right? Maybe I'm stepping on toes. But what happens to a lot of our resolutions, right? We start off strong, full of hope, and by February, it is gone. Um, but it's good, though. It's good for us to think about change and to think about newness and, 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 and the old being gone and new coming in. And, and so, so because of this, January is this time of year where we come up with new ideas. But the problem is that much of our new uh, resolutions really aren't new at all, right? I don't know about you, but I've been trying to lose 20 pounds for the last six years. <laughs> That's not a new resolution. That's an old one that I keep bringing up, right? And I know I'm alone in this, but I'm just going to be real, Right? So, so this is what we come up this year, as if it hasn't been every other year. I'm going to lose weight. That's my new resolution. All right, I'm going to stop this habit or that habit, and I, or I won't work as hard, or I will work more, or I'm going to get out of debt, or I'll spend more time with family, or I won't do this, and I won't do that, or I will do this, and I will do that. But again, how many of these really are new? But they're repeats of the same and you know they say that the definition of crazy is to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results. Now, I don't know what that says about you or your resolutions, but I know it's pretty clear about what it says about me and my 20 pounds. So join the crazy as we continue to do the same thing that we've been doing year in and hope for different results. So, so far, this is a depressing sermon, I know. But... 
I think, you ever think that maybe the problem with New Year's resolutions, I mean, if you think about what a resolution is, right? A resolution is saying, hey, if you're going to resolve something, it's because you've identified a problem, right? There's something, a failure, a sin, an action, a habit, whatever it may be that, that you're looking back and saying, this is no longer good and this needs to be resolved. And so I'm going to resolve this. My resolution is, you know, whatever the other side of that is. But the problem with resolutions is the only reason you and I need resolutions is because we make poor decisions, right? I mean, come on, right? Like, if I want to lose more weight, right, it's probably because I choose to eat what I probably shouldn't eat. That's just the truth, right? Right? If I need to get out of debt, it's because I've made poor spending choices, Right? So let me know that our resolutions basically reflect poor decisions. And so our great idea of fixing this is to come up with more decisions that we make ourselves. You guys aren't getting this, right? <laughs> if the problem is your poor decision making, it might be the problem with your New Year's resolutions. Because you're still making the decisions. Right? You're still making decisions. I'm still making the decisions. And so... so that's probably an idea. Maybe our resolution shouldn't start with my decisions, but with his. Right? If our resolutions were, you know what? My resolution for 2016 in this situation is God. Right? My resolution for this circumstance, this habit, this whatever it is, is God, not my ability to conquer or my plan. Now, the point I'm making is only half serious because we all have to make decisions, right? We make decisions, and decisions are important. But, and, and, and here's the thing, and, and the, the idea of new things, right? Some of you guys say, well, I don't make resolutions. Well, you know, I'm not going to say it's good. That's probably bad. You should have hopes, dreams, right? But our hopes and dreams should be kind of found in who he is and his plans and his thoughts for us. And, 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 and January mark, marks this time where we start thinking about new things. And it's a good thing. Um, and so I, I want to say that earlier I mentioned this Roman god, Janus, right? And, and, and this picture of him. I hope you can see this in your mind where I really didn't want to picture a picture. Of, I didn't want to put a picture of a Roman god up in the sanctuary. But, but it just didn't feel right. So... Here's this picture, right, of this God with two, two faces, one head, one looking to the left and one looking to the right, one looking to the past with regrets and one looking to the future with hope. And so while we obviously don't serve any Roman God, but the God that we do serve in Jesus Christ also can see into the past and into the future. So that picture of this Roman God actually isn't lost in the God that we serve. Because the God that we serve sees our past, he sees our present, and he sees our future. And so my question for, for, for you, and, and, and the question that honestly I'm asking myself this morning, is, is, is if you can imagine Jesus Christ looking at you right now, and, and, and as you are, are here hopefully contemplating new things and new hopes and new ventures or whatever it is, but, but as Jesus is looking at your past and looking at your present and looking at your future and he's looking at you and he can see everything about you, is what you're coming up with in either resolutions or hopes or thoughts for the future, is it the same as what he's coming up for for you? 
So as you're, as, you're, as you're sitting there going, man, you know, it's 2015, and I'll just use myself, and, and man, there's 20 pounds. I just really, man, my resolution, what I am going to resolve in my heart and mind, and what I'm going to put every focus, because this is what a resolution is, and I'm going to determine to go after this, is to lose this 20 pounds. Is God going, yes, that's it. That, that is it. You are on it, man. I'm so proud of the way you think and the way you dream so big, so. And man, you, if you could just lose that 20 pounds and, and you just get out of debt, or you could just, if you could just read the Bible more, now we're talking. That is the life that I have called you to. Right? I mean, it's kind of stupid, right? But it doesn't, why do we do this? Right? I mean, I, I think that... I, but we do this. This is the point. Like, we go after this. But, you know, I, I think, like, like, just to put us in a different terms, to kind of give you some perspective here as well, is, is, is the God of creation, right? That the God who, at the sound of his very voice, the mountains were formed and the stars were placed in the sky and the oceans were separated. Is, is the God who, who knits you together in your mother's womb and from that time knits you together with a purpose and a plan and a mission? Is, is the God who who sent his son to die on a cross to set you free from your bondages and your chains and your sin. And and, and he rose again, defeating sin, death, and the grave to give you life everlasting. That God, is he the one who's saying, man, yes. It's all about how you look, how you feel. I don't think so. Right? I don't think so. I, 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 these things are good, right? It's good to lose weight. It's good to be healthy. It's great to get out of debt. I mean, these are, these are not bad things. I just, I, I don't think that, that this is what God is thinking. In fact, I know it's not what he's thinking. I, I think here's the problem with so many of our resolutions is, is what I stated earlier is, is resolutions are built and thought of because of problems, right? Failures. It's why they're called resolutions. So, so my hopes and my thoughts sometimes can't get beyond my past failures or sins or chains or bondages. And, and, and when we look at our future based on our past, we have a problem. You follow that? And so, so if, if, if I'm going to look at resolutions, and this is what happens with all of us. So, so because I have a, a weight problem, my future thoughts, visions, dreams are built on my past problem. They're connected. They're linked to. They're chained to. So my resolution is built on my chains, my chains of weight or my chains of drinking or smoking or spending or overworking or underworking or, or self-esteem. And, and so we build our futures and our thoughts of our future. So many people do this. Not everyone on chains rather than on real vision. And because we can't see, because we have trouble seeing beyond them, they're all we can see in our future. Like, I can't imagine my life if I'm less heavy. Or I can't imagine my life if I'm debt-free. Like, but, but that becomes the horizon force, and we can't see beyond them. They become the only things we can see. And our highest hopes for ourselves sometimes can involve the conquering 
of our chains, the breaking of our chains, or sometimes, unfortunately, the fulfilling of our chains. Because sometimes New Year's resolutions aren't breaking a problem, they're enabling a problem, right? I mean, sometimes our New Year's resolutions are because we have low self-esteem. Instead of dealing with the low self-esteem, we try and fulfill the low self-esteem and what we accomplish for ourselves as if that's really going to be fulfilling, only to find out we're just basically playing like puppets on, on the string. And so, so many times we, like, we, 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 we find ourselves wrapped, our future's wrapped by the past. So whether we like it or not, so many times our futures are defined, right? Even our thoughts for the new year are defined by our past. And our past creep into the present, and they go into the future, and it's the spiral. And this is why I've been trying to lose 20 pounds for a long time, and it's a new resolution every time. Sometimes we try and resolve things that only God can resolve. Sometimes we try and break chains that only God can break. And when we find ourselves doing that, we find ourselves spinning our wheels over and over again. And sometimes we try and fulfill resolutions to take care of esteem problems that only God can fulfill. And in all of this, I wonder what God thinks. Because we do this as Christians too, right? I think, let me just say this. What God sees in your life is so different than what you see in your life. And I think sometimes when we look at the hope of the new thing, I just feel like God says, man, like you don't know who I am. If your greatest hope and your greatest like, goal for this year involves that, like, do you, know the, you don't know the power and the authority that I have? And that I am linked to you and that you're forgiven and you're set free, but you won't get over your chains that I've already set you free from and forgiven you from. But for some reason, you keep lifting them up and they keep holding you back. Man, can you dream beyond your sin? Can you dream beyond your chains? Can you actually walk and act as if my blood has covered you and my righteousness has set you free? Can you walk in that? And if you would walk and dream and envision my power and my authority being lived out in your life... Let me tell you, your thoughts and your plans for the future will go beyond what they are right now. But we find ourselves stuck, and I think, man, God's going to be sitting there going, no, like, no, with all of my power and all of all, everything that I've got, like I spoke, I parted seas, I did all of these things, and you read this, and you sing the songs, and, and, and no, it's not 20 pounds, no, it's not just reading the Bible more, like, there's so much more. I didn't die to set you free from your weight thing. I didn't die to set you free from the debt. Yes, these are not great things, right? I didn't die to set you free so you could just read the Bible more. Let me shift gears and ask you this. Do you think the Apostle Paul, right, when he was Saul, had any idea how God wanted to use him, right? Just think about this, right? Before he was Paul, he was Saul, 
Do you think in that moment, even at that moment of conversion, I'm going to read it in two seconds, right? This Damascus road where he's on his, on his murdering, capturing, imprisoning mission of Christians to defeat the whole movement in the way of Jesus Christ. Do you think when he was knocked off his horse and knocked off his entire way of life in that moment, do you think he had any idea how God wanted to use him? Let me read that to you this morning, and you can just follow along with me. I don't have a PowerPoint for you, or you can just listen. It comes from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 15, but this is what it says. It says, But Saul, still breathing breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city. You will be told what to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless. Hearing the voice, but seeing no one, and Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus, and for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying, and he is seen in a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might again, that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from, <laughs> I have heard from many about this man and how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. I just, I, I, I like this, right? Here is Saul. He's on this mission, and his mission is completely against Jesus Christ. Everything that he's doing in life has is, 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 is led to this, right? Everything in his background has led to this. I mean, the things that he has done. He was there for the stoning of Stephen. How many Christians had he killed or imprisoned? And here he is continuing on this journey. And, and all of a sudden, he has this encounter with Jesus Christ on this Damascus road. And he's knocked from his horse. And he's knocked completely from his entire way of life. At that point, the new had come. The light had entered the darkness. And this is what we had just talked talked about the last couple of weeks over Christmas, man, when Jesus comes into your life, right, the new comes. Jesus is all about new beginnings, transitions, and new things, and new hope. And so for Saul, right, here is this moment of truth. Everything changed for him in a moment. He went from leading to being led. He was blind for three days. They had to lead him to Judas's house where he sat there for three days. And Jesus says to him, now go, I'll tell you what needs to happen after this. And so he gets led over there, and then Jesus speaks to Ananias, and Ananias is saying, wait a second, right? Because so many times our friends 
Well, not even our friends. Others will look at us and determine our futures by our past as well, right? right how many times are like, oh, you can't do that? Oh, I know how you've lived. I know what you've done. And, and, and so Jesus appears to Ananias and says, listen, I want you to go. doesn't give an explanation. Don't worry. You'll be safe. I've done a few things in his life, whatever. He just says, no, go to, go to Saul. And Ananias is like, oh, hold on a second. I, I know about this guy. This, this guy, hey, I know what he's done to your believers, the people who follow you. And I know that, that right now he's on a mission authorized by the high priest to capture us. And you want me to go to this guy? Like, honestly, what he's saying in many words is, are you crazy? I mean, that's really what he's saying, right? Like, no, no, God, this is not what you're calling me to do. And I love what Jesus says. He says, no, go, exclamation point. Go. This man is an instrument that I'm going to use to build my kingdom. That's what he says. He doesn't say this man will be after lots of repentance and after some correction and some rehab and whatever else. He will, will be. He says, no, this man is. This man is an instrument that I am using. And so Ananias goes. You ever wonder, and maybe this sounds silly, but if, if if Saul at that moment was saying, okay, Saul, your life is, is changed forever, right? It's a new beginning for Saul. And maybe Saul's now reflecting like, man, like, like the very one I've been persecuting and trying to destroy in this Jesus. I just met him, and I don't know a whole lot about him, except that I didn't like him, and now I know him, and, and, and he's here. If, if Saul in that moment of newness was now coming up with New Year's resolutions, what do you think he would have come up with? Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that way, right? But, but, but if, if Saul was anything like us, I'm assuming his resolutions will be like, really got to stop persecuting Christians. No more killing them. No more imprisoning them. Like, that's my New Year's resolution for 2016. Right? I mean, that's what you and I would do, Right? Right? It's the newness. Christ comes in, and, 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 and so, we, so what we do is we look at our lives, and we look at our past, and we define our futures by our past, and say, okay, I can't get beyond my past and what I've done and my sin. And so, so, so my entire goal for my life is just to get beyond my sin of last year. And I think it's safe to say Saul probably would have come up with something similar. Do you think Saul had any idea on how God wanted to use him? Do you think it would have come to Saul's mind that God is saying, would Saul come up with, man, no, I am right now the instrument that God wants to use right now to reach the Gentiles. You think he would have come up with that? Probably not. Do you understand that the way God sees you and the way that you see you are different? So many times we define ourselves by the sin that Christ has forgiven us from. And we allow that to hold us back from going where he wants us to go. And so we come up with these ideas and thoughts, whether they're resolutions or whether they're just thoughts of where I might be in my future. I believe that so many times they are so far off from what God says. You know, his ways are not 
our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. In fact, the scripture tells us that as high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his ways different from our ways, his thoughts from our, from our thoughts. Do you know that, that, that Saul, right? I mean, God just does everything new in his life, right? He gives him a new name. He gives him a new mission. And scripture tells us that immediately after the scales basically came off his eyes, what did he start doing? He started preaching. He started preaching and proving that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God. He was proved within days. Well, the disciples wouldn't touch him, wouldn't go near him. He's preaching. He's moving. Why? Because he's moving in the power of God, not the power of Saul, now Paul. What happens in our lives if we do that? I mean, what happens if we, if we stop believing the lies of the enemy, if we stop believing the chains that once bound us, if we stop, stop believing that somehow they are linked to us and somehow control our future? What if we actually say, you know what, God, no, these chains, as real as they are, man, God, that are given to you. Let me tell you what we do with chains because chains are real, right? Right? Chains are real. And I know that we all wish that, man, at one point when I can be this way or righteous enough or, or not struggle with this, then I can, I can be used by God. And that never happens. Do you know why? Because when those chains are gone, God shows you new chains that are there that he wants to work on. We are sinners saved by grace. We don't reach perfection here. You will always be a sinner saved by grace. And when you think you've conquered all your sin, God will go, okay, now let's work on this one, one you didn't even know was there. This is what we do with chains. We take chains to the only person who can break them. And it's not you. And it's not me. We take them to Jesus Christ who died on a cross to set you free from them, to wash you, to cleanse you, to make you righteous. You and I are not righteous in our own, in, in, in our own lifestyles. Now, we know this. We can recite this. But it seems like in our lives when we try and live this, it's almost like we don't believe what we say. Why is it that sometimes we can say this as Christians, we can recite this, we can know, and maybe it's true for other people, but it's not true for me? But man, when we take these chains to Christ and say, God, this is the struggle, this is the sin, and it's a continual sin. It's a continual struggle. I don't have this conquered yet, but I'm continuing to struggle. This God, would you forgive me? God, would you set me free? Do we realize that, that his blood washes us and he cleanses us? And we can stand in his righteousness, not our own. And then he says, now listen, I don't want you to define yourself by these sins anymore. Sins that have been given to him are gone. He says, as far as the east is from the west, I've taken your sins and I've thrown them into the sea. They are gone. You now stand not in your own righteousness and not in your own ability to save yourself or your own sinlessness, but you stand in my righteousness and my shed blood. And now the future that you have is empowered by me and not by you. And if you will walk in the fact that your sins and your chains have been broken and set free, man, you will see God do amazing things in your life. But what happens is the enemy tries to convince us that we give our chains to him and then somehow we get up and want to serve and we, we look at our chains again and we look at them again and we look at them again and Satan keeps trying to say, no, listen, this is who you are. This is, not how this is what you're defined by and our past keeps coming up and keep coming back up. But man, if we will embrace the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, if we will dream beyond our chains, if he will give us vision beyond our bondages, beyond our failures, 
Man, he says, man, when it comes to your chains, man, all you need to know about that is I am God. And I rose again. I've defeated them. Now walk in the victory I've already done. I've already given. And guess what? You're going to mess up again. And you're going to sin again. And what you do with that is, is take it back to Christ and say, God, here's my sin. Please help me. Please help me as I, as, I, as, I, as I really battle this out and then move forward and start accomplishing things for him. No person apart from Jesus himself, shaped the history of Christianity like Paul. Think about that. I mean, like, like, like what we do, what we read, what we understand, Paul has this amazing influence, and yet he has a worse history than any one of you and any one of me. Any one of me. There's multiple me's. It's a nightmare. But he has a worse history than you do. He has a worse history, and yet God says, no, he is my chosen right now. Do you realize you are God's chosen instrument right now? You are his chosen instrument, not for next month, not for next year, for today. And you can move in that, and you can walk in that, and you don't walk in your own righteousness or your own power or your own sinlessness. You only walk in it because of his power and his authority. And as you lean on his power, the God who spoke and formed this world, the God who raised again from the dead, as you, as you walk and move, like the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. And you live and walk in that. Let me tell you something. The gates of hell will shudder. They will get nervous. They will be afraid of what you can accomplish. Not because of who you are. Because of who he is. And your belief in who he is. Let's let 2016 be defined not by your power or your righteousness. But by his. Let's throw away our resolutions. And let's start with his. What is God's plan for me? Scripture tells us no mind can conceive. You can't imagine what God has for those who love him. What he says to you right now is your whole picture of your future, you can't even begin to grasp what he has for you. It's so defined by past hangups or whatever, you can't even begin. Throw it off and look to him. I want to challenge you this year to live out John 8.36. It says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And you have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need to live in that. We need to walk in that. We need to make sure not just this next year, but our lives from here on out are defined by that freedom. And not by bondage. Let your dreams be big. Let your vision be big. And let them not start with you. Let them start with him. In closing, I want to read to you what I am now referring to, just at least for this week, as Paul's resolution. And I love it because of the way it's found in Philippians 3, chapter 10 through 14. And I want you to hear these words of what Paul is saying, all right? And I understand this is Paul, who is also Saul, who has this terrible past. And this is what he says. He says, I want to know Christ. Now that's the resolution. 
I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Man, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power, that power that raised him from the dead that has never had before. I want to know that God. And I want to know the power of the resurrection in my life and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I love this too. He says, not that I've already attained all this. Man, this is the future. This is my goal. This is where I'm going to. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. He says, man, I am running towards what God has already got for me. He already has this for me, and I am pressing towards it. I don't have it yet, but I know he died for me, and it is there, and I'm not going to stop till I get a hold of it, and I haven't got there yet, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind Say it with me, forgetting what is behind. You know what he's saying? Forgetting my persecution and forgetting my crimes and forgetting my murder and forgetting my actions against Christ. I can't live, I can't reach what God has for me if I'm constantly throwing it up in front of me. I am not justifying it. I am not defending it. All I am saying is it is under the blood of Jesus Christ and I will forget what's behind me so I can look forward to what's ahead of me. And so he says, man, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now that is a resolution. I don't read about weight loss in there. (laughs) And if you read weight loss, you'd be like, what? I know. Like, press on to lose 10 pounds. You'd be like, this doesn't even make sense. But we do this. God's saying, no, man, that's your resolution. Man, to know Jesus, to know the power of his resurrection. Man, to, to have the, the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit lived out in your life. Now, that's a resolution. That's something to strive towards. Can I tell you something? You want to lose weight? Follow God. He'll send you the mission field. I lost 40 pounds. In a few months, greatest weight loss program ever. You want to get out of debt? Follow God to the mission field. He got me rid of my debt before I went. Oh, I don't want to do that. Right? No, I'm just saying it's a poor joke, but it's true. It's true. You won't get fat overseas. Not serving God where he wants you to go. So, man, follow God. He'll take care of the other stuff. Your resolutions are based on him. I want to ask our prayer team just to come forward again. I know they've been up here already, but I want them to have an opportunity to pray with you and for you to dream big. And as they come, because I'm going to close here and pray in a couple of seconds, but as they come, I want you to begin to dream about what God is saying to you. Man, ask God to, 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 to remove the scales from your eyes. Go, man, God, God, I don't want to think about what I think 2016 looks like. And I don't want to even limit it to 2016, man. But you were born for this. Like, this is your life to live it in his power. What does that look like? And even your greatest, wildest imaginations, you won't be able to come up with what he has for you. I never dreamed I would be where I am today. 
I never would have thought, I never would have come up with this, ever. Last thing I want to say to you, would you stand to your feet this morning? When you think about your future with Christ, when you think about your future in this life, I want to challenge you when you're asking God about where he wants you to go, to start your prayers to him with this. And it's found in Ephesians 3, verse 20. And I'm changing just a little bit. But if we will pray this way before we even enter any kind of resolution or thought or change, if we will start with this, now to you who are able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine, according to your power that is in work in me. And if you will start your thoughts for the future with that, now to you, who is able to do more than I could possibly dream of, conceive of, imagine, or even think, according to your power, will you lead me? Will you guide me? Will you empower my future? And will you take me to the places you want me to be? Is that what you want? Will you bow your head and close your eyes? How many of you currently are still living lives defined by past failures? Defined by by past chains or present chains? How many of you are having a hard time believing that he's really forgiven you? That he's really set you free? How many of you are believing the words of the enemy over the words of Christ? Let me just clear it up. Yes, you are a sinner. There's no question but you are a sinner saved by grace who can stand because of his righteousness and not because of yours. Quit trying to stand on your own righteousness. It's only holding you back. If you will lay down those chains and embrace his freedom, his power, and his authority, let me tell you something. Your 2016 and beyond will look like nothing you've ever dreamed of or imagined. And that is what he has for you. Well, Jesus, we come before you this morning. God, would you forgive us for all of our sins? God, for every chain that is represented in this sanctuary this morning, for every heartache, for every self-esteem issue. God, whatever it is, God, would you forgive us for every sin? God, would you forgive us for believing the lies of the enemy over the words of your truth? And this morning, Father, we come before you. And I want you to do this, church. I want you, if you have changed in your mind or in your heart, I want you just envision. You can do it at your seat. You can do it up here, wherever. But I want you to lay them down at his feet. And I want you to imagine his blood covering them. And him saying, you're forgiven. But God, we lay these chains, we lay these burdens, we lay these sins at your feet, and we ask you to forgive us and set us free. And God, we no longer want to live strapped, chained, tied to these sins, Lord God. God, we don't want our futures to to be defined by our sins in our own mind. But God, would you set us free? Would you change the way that we think? And what we want more than anything, God 
is to know you and to know the power of your resurrection in our lives. God, we want to have the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit lived out in our lives. God, would you take us to where you want us to be this year? Help me to to not limit myself to my own thoughts, but to really look at you. Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you take me by the hand, God, that I may walk where you want me to walk and live how you want me to live? Move how you want me to move, God, that your kingdom and your purposes and, and your will will be realized in my life. Have your way. 2016 and beyond is yours. In Jesus' name.